Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. It's 7.39 and as we questioned this morning how far investigative authorities should be allowed to invade our privacy, we're welcoming your thoughts on this. Text us pounder sharp 1013 for 51 per message. For now, let's go from this country to the United States with the FBI trying to force Apple to come up with a backdoor that could override the encryption on an iPhone that belonged to one of the shooters behind last year's San Bernardino terror attack in California, something that Apple is fiercely against doing. It believes that could seriously compromise customers' privacy. So with the battle being taken to Congress, we're joined by Nate Cardozo, staff attorney, at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Good morning from Seoul. Uh, good afternoon from San Francisco. Great to have you with us. And I understand that the FBI is trying to order Apple to create this back door, uh, as we're referring to it. Uh, but can you just explain what that exactly means? Sure. Um, so the FBI has ordered Apple to create, uh, I, I think a better analogy would be a master key. Okay. Uh, this is a, a piece of software, a custom version of iOS, that's capable of unlocking a locked phone. Um, that's something that would uh, take quite a bit of work on Apple's part. It's not something that already exists. Uh, and it would allow the FBI to get into a phone um, past the PIN code entry screen uh, and decrypt uh, the, the onboard storage. Yeah, the FBI used the... Uh the terminology of a guard dog, asking Apple to uh, order its guard dog down. Uh, what exactly is the FBI looking to achieve here? Uh, well, so the, the iPhone at issue is a slightly older version. It's the iPhone 5C. Um, but, the, but it does have full disk encryption. It also has a feature uh, that erases the content of the device after 10 incorrect uh, PIN code entries. So FBI has asked Apple to disable the feature um, that would erase the device after 10 incorrect entries. Um, also disable a feature that makes you wait between uh, PIN code attempts. Uh, and finally, uh, to create a feature that would allow them to enter the PIN codes electronically rather than by hand. And the obvious concern is if you create that for the FBI, that could get into the wrong hands or it could obviously threaten the security of everybody because other people yeah, could so get their hands on that, it. That concern is definitely uh, definitely valid um, that, that this particular piece of software could get into the wrong hands, but that's, that's a little bit less of, of, the, of the major concern. The main concern here is the legal authority. If the FBI has the legal authority to order Apple to create a key to unlock this phone, and then there's almost no limit to the legal authority that the FBI has. They could, uh, they could order Apple to create a master key that, it would, that would unlock all of our phones um, or disable the encryption in iMessage. Um, and that's something that's unprecedented. It's never happened before. So there's no way for Congress to come up with some sort of clause that would repeatedly require their approval case by case? 
Um, case by case, no. Congress uh, is, is not permitted to make laws that only affect a single case. They could pass a law that says um, Apple does have to, um, to create a backdoor for the FBI, or conversely, they could pass a law that says Apple um, doesn't, that FBI is not permitted to ask for this, uh, this kind of assistance. The problem here is, uh, especially with the, with the election season that's going on here in the States, um, Congress is essentially paralyzed. So I, I see the possibility of Congress actually doing anything as extremely slim. Right. Well, we'll get on to Congress in a moment if we can. But this also opens the door to other investigative bodies around the world potentially putting pressure on Apple, which, while is a, a U.S. company, has a global footprint. Uh, so is that also a major worry that you know China or other nations could come along, even the NIS here in Korea, and, and ask for the same privilege? That, that's a huge concern, and that's, that's frankly most of the reason why Apple is fighting as hard as it is. Uh, if, if Apple creates this, this software, this functionality for the FBI, there's no way that it could deny the same tool uh, to the Chinese, the Brazilians, uh, to the South Korean government, you name it. I mean, just yesterday we saw, or I guess day before yesterday for you, um, we saw uh, Brazil arrest a senior Facebook executive for failing to uh, decrypt WhatsApp messages. Um, that's the sort of thing that's at stake here. If FBI gets what it's asking for, um, then Apple will almost certainly have to give it to um, most other governments around the world. The Justice Department is citing a 1789 law, the All Writs Act. Will that be an effective tool? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Sure. The All Writs Act um, is actually used relatively commonly in the United States uh, as sort of a gap filler. Um, when, there, when there are cases that a court needs to cite something, uh, they cite the All Writs Act. However, no court has ever ordered a company to do something anywhere near as intrusive, as, uh, as difficult and as problematic as what the FBI is asking for. So the, the crux of Apple's legal argument here is that the All Writs Act does not permit the, the order that, uh, that the court in Southern California issued. And coming back to Congress, why are we seeing this discussion happening there as opposed to um, in, in a courtroom, for example? And, and what would happen if Congress decided, OK, fine, uh, Apple, let FBI do its thing? Would Apple then be able to take it to a courtroom? Uh, absolutely. So um, Congress has considered mandating backdoors along the lines of what the FBI is asking for here several times, dating back to 1997. And every time that Congress has considered it, they've rejected uh, the, the proposed legislation, and it's never gone into effect. The FBI is very unhappy with that state of affairs and has repeatedly asked Congress um, to, to pass a law giving them the power, which Apple says that they don't have. Um, the Obama administration uh, in the fall of last year said that they were not going to go to Congress uh, again, that, that the FBI was on its own here. Um, the FBI was, was clearly a, a, uh, more than a little upset with that decision from the administration. Um, and so they've, uh, the, the director, James Comey, um, and some of his friends uh, in the House Intelligence and House Judiciary Committees uh, have taken it up 
even though the Obama administration uh, is against any any legislation. Yet, in the future, if uh, let's say a Donald Trump was to prevail in uh, in the presidential election, do you think that would change the state of affairs at all? Well, you know, Donald Trump has uh, has come out very publicly opposing Apple. Um, I. Uh, I hesitate to predict what would happen under a Trump presidency in general, um, but the, the leadership in Congress is not, I think, inclined to do pretty much anything that, that Trump um, is interested in. So uh, let, let's hope we don't have to, to answer that question. Right, we'll defer it for now. What about the age-old question, though, of whether our privacy is worth the insecurity that, that comes with not granting full powers of investigation to the FBI, for example. I mean, if, if we haven't got anything to hide, as the argument goes, then why not let the FBI and other investigative bodies have access to our phones? Well, so at least in the United States, that's a question that we answered as a society um, at, at the founding of the country. Our Fourth Amendment to, to the Bill of Rights here in the United States um, is, is a substantive limit on, on the power of law enforcement. Um, you know, we, we as, a, as an American nation, decided that it's better to let uh, some level of criminality happen um, than it is to, to burden everyone's liberty. Um, and this might be one of those situations. This might be one of the situations where, um, yes, it, it, may, uh, it may help law enforcement in, in some individual cases to give them this power, but the risk that it puts everyone at isn't worth it. If we give, app, if we give FBI the backdoor that, that they're demanding, um, hackers, criminals, identity thieves, uh, foreign spies will, will walk right in through the same backdoor that FBI is using. And even though that might make FBI's job easier in a few limited cases, uh, on balance, the cost, not just to our privacy, but to our security, mm. isn't worth it. Mr. Cardozo, I think I've probably watched too many um, dramas out of the United States of the likes of 24, but I think part of me just presumed the FBI and other bodies could just do this under the radar, but obviously they can't. Well, um, I, I think you might be right, actually. Uh, you know, the, it, I think it's telling that this phone is in the possession of the FBI and not in the possession of the NSA. Right. I think we can say for a certainty that some of the best hackers in the world are employed by the NSA. Um, FBI, sure, they have some, but, but nowhere near the capabilities of, of NSA. Um, and that just goes to show that this fight isn't about this phone. This fight is about the, the legal authority of FBI to order companies to do the work for them. Right. Mr. Cardozo, we've got to leave it there. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Take care. Nate Cardozo from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. You can email any of your thoughts to us, EFM this morning at gmail.com. We'll continue the anti-terror discussion, especially related to privacy, here at home in Korea after 8 this morning, after our sport.